Hello, welcome to NXS Access All Areas, episode 99, the podcast that aims to dive deep into the legacy of this fantastic band, help them get to the Hall of Fame, have fun with the community, and wax lyrical on a week-to-week basis with my friend and co-host, B. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Hayden. How are you? Yes, well, we had a bit of a just debate a moment ago about should we come in with 99 Zig Luft Balloon or Red Balloon <laughs> versus not. And uh, uh, well, at this point of time, at the time of editing, uh, the I listeners won. know. Well, the <laughs> listeners know more than we do, but um, I think it was that film clip with Nina in it there with her armpits in the air where she hadn't shaved underarms, but it's going to put me off a bit. Well, um, so it was the armpit hair more than her not wearing a bra and a top and her nipples all showing. All the above. Oh, all right. Above. Okay. It's like, where was your eyes? You were armpits or nipples? Uh, well, the tune wasn't too bad. There was the two versions, 99 Noinzing Balloon or whatever, Red Balloon. We are at episode 99 and we've just come off 98, we all rotate. Bring you down a notch or two. Um, what a great you know episode last week, getting Tim mm. to jump on uh, at the last minute and, and speak. And, uh, again, thank you to all the people out there who respond on our platforms. Um, it was a hard episode, actually, last week to do about Shane Morn and tying mm. in with excess. But um, thank you to everybody who listened and, 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 and uh, enjoyed it. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Carmen. Thank you for your kind words there, Carmen, on Facebook. Thank you. Yeah. At the moment, it feels like too many people are passing away. Mm. You know, we had... William Hurt, the great actor from America, this week passed away at 71, which is too young. And, um, yeah, we, we really are in need of some positive worldwide energy, B. We really need some things to lift everybody up. How has your NXS week been? Anything to bring to the table? You're always, uh, you know, busy being away, as your name goes, and uh, always uh, accessing people out there, getting onto multiple platforms and uh, engaging. So give us some uh, NXS gossip and, and uh, community uh, feedback. Well, I stayed at home this weekend. The kids loved it, mummy being home. Yeah, I had something um, come to me in my inbox on Twitter from a lovely guy called Steve Parnell. He is from Classic Pop Magazine in England, and he asked us kindly if we would do an interview with them, just a small one, and it's for something called Pod Squad. So mm. I've been and gone and done that. Now, key word that you said, we, is that right? <laughs> you missed your cue, so I've gone and done it by myself. <laughs> All right, sorry. I, I might have been lacking response on the memo on that one. RTN, I know what you were doing. Anyway, right. thank you to Manny. So Manny manned up and helped Thanks, me out. Benny. Yes, thank you, yeah. Manny. Yeah, I wrote 500 words and then he wanted 250, so he helped me condense <laughs> it down a little bit. Right. So I've been told that that will be coming out in the April edition of Classic Pop magazine in Britain. Oh, wow. Okay, well, hopefully people read it, listen, and come and check us out and things like that. Well, another little bit of navel-gazing, B. Mm-hmm. I was uh, – I get a bit confused, and I think we do about our podcast charts and things like that, but apparently – Uh, The musical history uh, Apple charts in Chile, or Chile, as they pronounce, came out. We ranked number four, okay, in the Chile charts for the music history on debut, first week. Okay, now we don't speak Spanish or Espanola, but somehow about seven or eight of the other top ten podcasts there are in Spanish. We're in English. Uh, The only person ahead of us, I think, is Dolly Parton in English, I think, um, and one or two others. Yeah, so we're in English. Wow. This week, and interested, we're number five in Ireland this week. So, oh, one could argue they don't speak English either. Uh, but oh, hello, Bono, <laughs> hello, Ireland. Uh, and we thank you 
from what I heard, in those regions there, we uh, somehow, I don't know if we're going through a siphoning thing or people in Chile, uh, you know, did, well, of course, someone speaks English, but we do know NXS had a massive South American uh, fan base. So, uh, again, big shout out to Chile. Yeah, it sounds like somebody's been able to put us through some sort of like app and translate yes. us. Oh my know, god, maybe. you'd be funny in a Spanish accent. <laughs> oh, what about what about you, what about your language? There's a guy sitting up all language? night going, "How do I how do I translate uh, you know crescendo into Spanish?" Imagine that. <laughs> oh, no, it'd be quite funny. Um, yeah. But but it was I won't say the numbers, but it was our biggest download on Sunday ever. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, we went Fantastic. off the chart, so it's quite quite good oh, to well, see that. Probably, so everyone you. had a bit of a rest from us. They probably missed the awesome <laughs> tones and uh, uh, checked on in. And um, look, as I said again, if you are new to us or you've only just recently discovered us, we've got about another 97 or 98 episodes before this one. You can dive deep and pick the ones you would like to listen or, you know, just check out in general. So uh, there's plenty of material out and there. And where were you last night? Last night, Monday night. Did you say you were out yesterday? We had a public holiday here in Melbourne yesterday called oh. Labor Day. It was a public holiday. So I had uh, a bit of a quiet day and then I was cleaning up and then I sort of had a bit of a snooze and was a little bit offline, sort of put my phone away for the day, much to your chagrin, okay? I know you'd love to be responded to. <laughs> uh, but uh, sometimes when I have I a day off. I don't think I messaged you yesterday, did I, I for a chat? Not in the day before. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, so it was very quiet, et cetera, there. But uh, did a little bit of prep work today for our podcast and uh, also trying to plan for episode 100 next week so uh, massive show planned albeit I don't have a, a, a single idea yet as to uh, uh, what will be the hook for next week so okay. I, I, I try to get little creative urges and have a hook so I'm working on the hook for next week but there's a lot of little things I've got planned as well around it but um, okay well yeah. all your ideas please email uh, um, us all at in excess access all areas. No, got it wrong again. In excess AAA at no, no, gmail.com. No, no. just, just go to Messenger. Yeah, just go to right. Messenger. Just message Hayden. <laughs> just message me. Just go to Messenger, message me. I'm, I'm on Facebook. I sent a message and hope it gets through. B, we have some very valuable patrons we'd like to pay homage to who have been great for us and hopefully we've uh, entertained you along the way. So, uh, over to you to welcome them aboard for this episode. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Well, hello to our honorary patrons, Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Cameron Adams and Mary Woods. Soon to be Darren Jones, so can't wait for you to come along. Okay, patrons, Sue D, Joe Robbins, Carmen, Laurie, Carrie-Anne, Danielle, Sarah Markham, Sarah Camia, Dr. Jim, Katie, Felicia, Lisa Mack, Lisa Calloway, Anne-Marie, Susan P, Susan B, Foxy, Pedro, Mandy, Matt, Linda, Yvonne, Caroline, Amanda H, Amanda V, Leon, David, Tracy, Paul Jolie, Paul Boozy, Paul Bridges, Paul Buckley, Sandrine, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Stefan, Val, Jim, Matey, Kelly, John, Jackie, Sean, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Glenn, Laurel, Bard, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Matthew, Leos, Lily, Jamie, Heidi, Paula, Lisa, Angie, Michael, Nancy and Juliet. Juliet, happy birthday to you, my darling. I got your message. Suzanne, happy birthday to you. It sounds like you've had a great time with the Durani Durani boys. Happy birthday to Blair from Don't Change. Big hello to my mate Adam and also John Swan, um, who is Jimmy Barnes's half-brother. Happy birthday to you, mate. And lastly, I'd like to say a big shout out and a big happy birthday to my gorgeous husband who puts up with me so much happy birthday babe All right, well, as we often do before we get into the news, we do have a little bit of a hint or a sneak peek about today's topic, and uh, we're going to be talking about all things Canada today. Uh, NXS have a very, very strong lineage in Canada in terms of success and touring and uh, various anecdotes uh, uh, in that market. 
Uh, and we're going to dive a little bit deep on those today and pay homage to uh, probably the country, B, that is particularly loyal and has been loyal, especially in the second half of their career and even in probably that last third of their career in terms of performing and things. So uh, very much looking forward to getting nerdy today, B, with some stats, uh, but also getting discussive about some of the, the key achievements in that country and also to some of the special patrons have been very, very supportive of the band in their sort of career in Canada as well. All right, B, what's it time for? It's time for the news. Hi, this is Sarah from Sydney. You're listening to In Excess Access All Areas. And now it's time for the news. All right, B, Chart Watch. We have a, a, a real crisis, uh, not crisis, crises, plural, uh, two weeks in a row that the album is not on the top 50. Uh, we hope this is not a sign of a... Uh, well, an album going into retirement mode, but the very best of that has uh, spent uh, 3,940 million weeks in the charts. <laughs> Is that two weeks in a row where it's been out of no, the charts? No, so we need to pull it back in. Come on, everybody. Do. All do. these new listeners. Yes. So Get down this, the shops. And, and this is particularly to the Australian listeners out yes. there because this affects the Australian charts in terms of yes. streaming. So do your thing. All right, uh, in Gigwatch, it uh, looks like the Don't Change boys are on a bit of a tear, B. Uh, a couple of tour dates coming up for them. We have uh, them playing at the Toronto Hotel, appropriately mm-hmm. named Appropriate. uh, Hotel. Yeah. The, uh, but it's not the Canada, unfortunately. It's the Toronto Hotel in Outback, New South Wales. Yes. Okay. Uh, on the 26th of March, we also have uh, the band playing on April Fool's Day in Canberra. Okay, don't be a fool. Go to the concert. And they're playing, uh, I think, the Hellenic uh, hotel there, which I think might be a, a Greek hotel in uh, Canberra on April Fool's Day. Uh, and also, what a great name of a suburb, okay, DY. On the 23rd of April, uh, they're going to be playing at one of the big RSL clubs there also. You know, that's where I used to live. I know, D, uh, uh, B D-Y. from DY. B, B from, from DY. DY, yeah. Nice little beachy area there on the Beautiful. northern beaches. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Actually, I think I might have a few seats left there if anybody wants to come with me. Okay. Are you going to that? Are you going to that show? Yeah, I'm actually going to see John Stevens on the first. Yeah, here in Coffs. If anyone yep. wants to come along, and yep. I'm also going to see Don't Change on the 23rd or second. Yeah, in DY. Yeah, in DY. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm okay. I'm going back down to uh, Sydney for a bit. Well, up in the northern reaches of Australia, a place called Port Douglas, which is about an hour and a bit to the north of Cairns, uh, the Australian In Excess show on the 5th of May are playing a gig up there. Great little uh, venue and place to go on holidays with. And also good, uh, well, I want to say mate, but contact of Jim, uh, Dr. Jim. We've got Lee Harding, uh, one of the former, I think, winners of Australian Idol. He's uh, been touring around Australia over the last couple of years doing the In Excess songbook. And on the 23rd of April, he's playing at, I think, the Heatherton Hotel, which he's played a few times at, uh, here in Melbourne. Uh, and again, be someone interesting we could get on our show. He is literally probably be like the troubadour going around Australia playing In Excess tunes by himself or with maybe a small band. But uh, he may be an interesting interview we could get on to talk about and go through different terrain and different uh, topics there uh, about In Excess material. So mm. uh, well done to Lee, continuing the legacy with his work, B. Thank you very much, Lee. And if you are a uh, tribute band out there for NXS, please contact Hayden Murdoch on our Facebook on Messenger. He'd love to add you on, wouldn't Hayden? Yeah, yeah. Anything that we can get the material out there played. I mean, uh, you know, two, three years ago, there was, well, actually probably not that, probably 10, 15 years ago, there was one or two in excess bands. Mm. Now it feels like there's about seven in Australia and there's three or four in America and there's two or three in, in, in England and and people around the world are recruiting for, for, for new band members, B, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'll be uh, a backing singer for somebody if they want me. Well, absolutely. Uh, elegantly wasted. I've got the T-shirt. Uh, correct, correct. <laughs> Nothing more, nothing less makes a voodoo We run, we hide, we want a good life Oh sure, you're right, this ain't Yeah, but a little bit of uh, part two news. Uh, last week's uh, episode, I talked a little bit about the soundtrack for Euphoria, and uh, we did mention to some of the listeners that there were I think, five songs in season two. We, we knew of uh, Never Tear Us Apart and Mystify, but I think the other three singles from Kick 
uh, a quite heavy rotation in that uh, Euphoria soundtrack in season two. Now, that means that I think New Sensation, Devil Inside, and Need You Tonight are those other three songs. But uh, that soundtrack's at the top 30 in Australia this week, a lot of it on the back end of In Excess. There's an interesting article that probably educated me a little bit about modern day sort of, I guess, metrics and things. So I thought I might just read it quickly, B, if you'd permit me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a media release from, I think, uh, well, one of the record companies there. Uh, so let me just read this out for a moment. global success of HBO's hit television series Euphoria features five in excess tracks during its second season and has introduced the Australian band to younger audiences. According to Spotify data shared with this publication uh, this week, streams of in excess classics like Never Tear Us Apart, uh, Need You Tonight, Mr. Defy, Devil Inside, New Sensation have climbed 10% globally since the finale aired late February. Streams of Never Tear Us Apart were also up 22% over the last 28 days, according to Spotify. Euphoria, created and written by Sam Levinson, follows a group of high school students, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Amongst its cast is an Aussie actor, blah, blah, blah. Uh, according to Euphoria's music supervisor, Jen Malone, Levinson, the director, wanted in excess to soundtrack the younger years of, of Nate's, this is a character in the show's manipulative and deeply troubled father, Cal. That storyline, uh, with more uh, from in excess and other late 80s new wave early 90s acts like Roxette, Depeche Mode and The Cult continues throughout the latest season. It goes on and on and on about music. Uh, in Australia, Never Test Apart returned to the daily Spotify Top 100. So there's some chart news. While Mr. Fire needs a new sensation to have on side of all experience increased listenership, pushing In Excess's total monthly listenership up over 7 million globally for the first time ever. So that's a monthly listenership. So again, I'm a bit of an old duck with this sort of stuff when it comes to seeing the mm. metrics. So I'm, I'm assuming on this that if Spotify says it's 7 million people listening to them globally for the month, that probably is how they're calculating some of these album sales. And I'm liking the Spotify charts more than the ARIA charts, Hayden. <laughs> well, it sounds like it. <laughs> uh, now, this is interesting here. Getting to Universal Music Publishing Group, home of the NXS catalogue, uh, they told TMN, the art, this is the publisher here, uh, the Euphoria's sizable fan base uh, and audience makes it almost uh, amongst the most sought-after shows for sync placements, S-Y-N-C, sync. In excess in their music continue to prove wonderfully timeless uh, as generations after generations discover one of the best bands and songwriters ever. Yay! Uh, uh, Universal Music's North American president, Evan Lamberg, said, Okay, now here we, we go. We love now, you. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> get him on the podcast. Lambert also said yes. the band's late great musical manager or magical manager, he quoted, Chris Murphy, believed that yeah. with the right creative connections to the music, a new generation would discover and embrace in excess. And, th- and this is the last week. Nothing is a better example of that than the partnership of in excess's music, music and the hit series Euphoria, Lamberg's, uh, Lamberg added. What a... Effusive article, huh? Pretty cool. Why not? I like that. That's good. Can we get a copy of that somehow onto our Facebook? I can, yes. Yeah? You can. I know I'll, you I'll... can't, but you can you give it to somebody? <laughs> I'll, I'll try send it to you and then you just work your I'll magic. try okay? and send right. it to you. Did you hear yeah. that, listeners? There's a bit of a try in there. <laughs> All right, you just get me into that Pop Squad article next time and I'll uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, uh, try, trying to condense you down to 250 words wouldn't be Yeah, well, it's probably smart that I didn't do it. Um, yeah. Okay, moving along. Uh, part two of the Guardian article. Last week I was sort of quite uh, positive about this Guardian article, 15 songs and all this sort of stuff there that was sort of put out by a journalist. Now, there's a couple of little interesting coincidences here. Let me go with one which was quite relevant. When this article went out, um, I had a proper read of it, et cetera, there, and it did annoy me, and I so much so that I think I posted something there. And then Marlena Farris, she got on and goes, yeah, stick it oh, up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I haven't read it. So, I'm terrible. <laughs> you know, I'm going to reference that point a little bit later. Um, okay. There is a radio station in WA, uh, I think it was in Perth, 96 FM, and there's a lady called Lisa there. She actually uh, was also reading the article and I thought, oh, good on you, Lisa. So she was on there with the co-host there oh. and she's saying, gee, they got that wrong. Wouldn't they put that song in there? What about The Swing? What about Johnson's Aeroplane? And, the, mm. and, and you know, they haven't got this in there. You go, oh, it's a pretty, pretty shallow article. So good on mm. Lisa for, for basically voicing everything I thought. <laughs> but a weird coincidence is that, let me self-indulge for a moment, I am a mad Collingwood supporter, which is a AFL football team in Australia, our version of soccer. Crows? No. Oh. <laughs> the Magpies. 
Right. So this is our version of, you know, Man United and our version uh, of, of American football here. But this particular week, I'm on a bit of a fan page, you know, with the club there. Anyway, mm. this name pops up saying, hey, everybody, I'm back. I've been working up in Queensland, but I'm back now and I, I can now share articles with you guys. I'm no longer a journalist, blah, blah, blah. Well, the guy who posted this blog on this Collingwood site was the journalist who wrote these 15 bloody songs. Oh, the same guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. So you so had I a said, bit of so a I said, if you're not the same Andrew who posted an article because my, my moniker on the fan site of this Collingwood club is in excess 88. So, yeah. so I, you know, when he saw my moniker and I, and I saw his name, I said, oh, you're not the guy who posted blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's me. Blah, blah. Did you like the article? And I was like, no. <laughs> I, I, I must have held back or whatever. I was thinking, do I mix music and footy here? But uh, anyway, at least I think said everything to him that I wanted to say. So, <laughs> you let so, the girls go in. So yeah, do, you think, right. do, you, do you is Lisa going to be listening to the show? Did you point her in the direction? You know what? I, I haven't, and this is why I need you in my life because you've seen an opening there that we could uh, we could probably maybe even get her on and give her own fifteen songs. What do you reckon? I think so. It'd be really good if we could yeah. hear Lisa's fifteen songs. Okay. Mm. All right. Right. You can do that. I will work on that one. I'll get in contact with her. But uh, <laughs> B, yes. a long overdue awaited episode, sub-episode of our news for Media Wars. <gasps> More Media Oh, I know what this is. This is finished. Okay. Hi, this is Katie from England. You're listening to NXS Media Wars. <laughs> All right, Bertie. Well, it's that time of year, March 6th to 12th, where there's always a certain person who loves to come out in what we call World uh, Glaucoma Day, and mm-hmm. that's the Kirk star. He didn't miss an opportunity at all, and uh, he's a proud and loud ambassador of uh, all things glaucoma. And uh, as we heard with his deep dive in uh, his appearance on our podcast, just how severe his eye injury was, uh, yeah. or eye ailment is. Um, and but I love been, how he has to go and stand in front of... Um in front of Lane's awards and <laughs> trophies. Uh, explain. I don't, not following that not one. have not seen it. Oh, no, I, haven't, post- I, haven't, I, I was on the news, but I didn't know he did that. So yeah, I, so I just read the, the postscript of it in writing. I haven't seen okay, it. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. He, yeah, he's on morning TV and right. he's um, right in front of the, uh, the, the, the show. <laughs> All the trophies. There. And, and oh, I can't remember who it was that was interviewing, but they says, oh, and it must be trophy um, shining day today or polishing day today. Well, look, I mean, if those who don't know, uh, Kirk did marry seven-time world champion Lane Beachley, uh, appropriate surname for someone who loves the beach uh, and was a surfer. But, uh, yes, uh, so, yeah, well done, Kirk. Out there loud and proud, but he still gets a nomination for Media Awards. Oh, but uh, who, 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 who else came in this Well, the week? second one actually here, I don't know, I'll try to be a bit cryptic with this, B, when I sent the notes out, but there was a very, very... Uh, sullen and Nancy and antsy and real sort of right hook. I wouldn't want to get in the boxing room with this person. Well, there was an article in the traditional sort of uh, is it elegantly wasted or is it better than Oasis article came oh, out this week. Oh, God, that's going around, isn't yeah. it? Again. And uh, who happened to pop up in media wars this particular week to actually outshine the Kirkster? It's my fellow co-host, B. has made it into Media Wars. <laughs> now, oh, B, you, I happen to come across his five or six left hooks from you jumping down some journal in the UK or some commentary about, ah, oh, this is old hat and this is uh, being done to death and, ah, no, 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 that's not quite true. It's all myth. And now you've made an appearance in the Media Wars. Is that right, B? <laughs> I didn't think you'd see that. Yeah, I saw it all. <laughs> he actually got a little bit out of hand, and so I think he left. <laughs> right. He couldn't. He couldn't stand the heat. Oh, he was saying, "Oh, in excess, I had beans, and I don't know what all the hype is about." And we were just like giving him all the facts and figures, <laughs> mate. You're dumb. That's right. So, uh, yes, so that's our our major star attraction. (laughs) I've included you in Media Wars there because it was a war and it was media and it was an official article. And you got really enjoying it until he left. And and (laughs) combined with the fact that you went off and uh, did this pod squad nod, lod, trod, plod article review slash 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 media time. That's two two, uh, B moments uh, and Kirk's one. So you've won Media Wars for the week, B. 
Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. from Middleburg, the Netherlands. You're listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the topic of the week. All right, B, well, we're getting to all things Canada now. Now, all Canadians uh, like to not be uh, lumped into the American uh, basket, which is which is cool, just like the Aussies and the Kiwis don't like to be lumped together and the, uh, the English and the Welsh and the Scottish and the Irish, they all want to have their own sort of, I guess, uh, uh, flag and uh, standing B. Identity. Correct. Yeah. So uh, Canada really, I guess, in Australia have a very symbiotic relationship. I think they're both full mm. of good taste in music. And interestingly, over the, the journey, it's, there's been a lot of Canadian bands and a lot of sort of famous bands that have done very, very well there that have struggled to actually go down to America and do well. Um, yeah. and, and as close as it is to America, it, it's interesting in the sense that there's been a lot of bands there that just have found, you know, translating you know, their success there into America was hard, especially in the 80s, you know, when a lot of those, you know, bigger bands in America were taking off. And I guess in excess in a way, you know, can relate to that experience. And I think also for a band in Canada, and I, I take this on board from just, I guess, listening to other podcasts and other things, to be a young band growing up in Canada to drive, you know, from Quebec uh, to Vancouver. Well, you know, we had the desert here. They had the snow. Yeah. You know, I think from a band's going into Canada and touring and stuff like that and building the market there, you know, it, it, you probably have to come in from some level of international fame to mm-hmm. sort of uh, to make your, you know, your, your, your impact there. And I think NXS uh, took a while to make an impact there compared to probably even America and, uh, you know, the UK. Yeah. But boy, when they did make an impact there, the uh, listeners and the fans, they were very loyal. So yeah. looking forward to going into a, a bunch of stuff today about Canada and, uh, I did want to sort of dedicate this sort of podcast to uh, some patrons of ours who have brought us a lot of joy, given us a lot of support since we started. So we're going to dedicate Canadian podcast today to uh, Matey, uh, to Vern, uh, to Leon, uh, to Sandrine, uh, to Jamie, to Heidi, and to Genevieve, who I think was born there and now is in the Netherlands. Is that right, B? I think she does a couple of weeks in each country. Right. She flies okay. backwards and forwards. Mm. Yes. And if I have forgotten anyone else from Canada involved, I sincerely apologise. Uh, B will add it in post-production. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, these particular people there have been fantastic for us and very, very loyal from the get-go. So this is a bit of a gift for you guys and also just a, a broader uh, acknowledgement of Canada and North America for supporting our band. Now, before we go into the deep dive, B, a few little anecdotes I could share with you for some discussion purposes. A couple of little things here. The Winter Olympics, did you know that in excess uh, were very much part of, I think, February the 24th, 2010? I'm not sure if that's the opening or the close, but they, along with uh, JD Fortune, who was involved in that, and then one of the girls off the original Sin album, you know, Coral, she got onto that particular gig. They, that was obviously a big occasion for them. Elegantly Wasted, final album with Michael. Uh, they spent about a month there recording with a very famous Canadian producer, Bruce Fairbair, who had worked with bands like Loverboy and worked with bands like Aerosmith and Bon Jovi and ACDC and, and uh-huh. many other rock acts. So I think they took about nine, ten months to write the music, but they spent about four to six weeks recording there in, I think, Vancouver. And particularly Andrew and Michael were quite hands-on with that sort of production there. Mm-hmm. I think they might have had a production credit. I think Andrew partic- uh, did as well. Perfect Strangers from the Switch album B was actually, the video there was actually, well, recorded in Canada in terms of that single off the Switch album. Uh, It's a bit of a live sort of video slash with some intermittent stuff, but that was sort of produced and recorded in Canada. And J.D. Fortune, the uh, long-awaited singer, uh, he was born in Canada and Canadian-raised from Ontario and, again, represented quite a strong Canadian link, which I think definitely helped Mm. them in their chart success uh, in the latter part of their career. Later on, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, there's a lot of venues and things across Canada. And as I said earlier, you know, it's probably a country where you want to be established and fly in and fly around because from the west to the central to the east, uh, it's a massive country. And mm. uh, if you go onto setlistfm, uh, etc., com, you could go in and punch in some search engine stuff for Canada and you will actually find that the band uh, have played in most major cities, small, big, you know, uh, extra big, mm-hmm. different types of levels where their, where their career was at at the time. And as we go through in a moment, some of the songs and sales and everything there, uh, they definitely were very loyal to Canada. They always toured there. When they went back and played, you know, any album or tour, Canada was always part of that visitation. Uh, and hence, I think a lot of our listeners and people who either patrons or just general listeners to us uh, probably have some great stories about concerts they've been to. You might have stuff in your phone from sort of, uh, you know, the the JD Fortune uh, tours. You might have memories or anecdotes. You know, please get onto our platform, share them. Uh, this is sort of Canada Week for all of you guys, and this is our way of sort of celebrating your experiences because we do love hearing from them, B, don't we? Oh, absolutely, yes. Please get in touch. That would be really good. Love to see those. As a side note, you have been to Canada before. I think you mentioned them on of last week, etc. There, tell us a bit about. I know there was a, a similar name. Well, not a similar name. Your your family with the surname Britton, is that right? Yeah, an uncle. Although. Yeah probably passed away now I had my 13th birthday there so I wasn't really um, very much into rock and roll and and going out gigging and stuff but I remember you know turning into a woman (laughs) while I was there so we we flew into into Niagara Falls okay yeah yeah, and I remember waking up to the sound of a train at the back of the motel that we were staying at and then being walked out and just seeing this magnificent waterfall. And and I just remember all that. But my brother, who is only, he's probably four years um, younger, Mark, so he would have been nine. What does he remember? The foot-long sausage hot dog. <laughs> well, you know, it peeled a man's stomach, you know. Um <laughs> But uh, look, it's a it's a fantastic place. I, I was fortunate enough to to go there once, and it was around 2010. And literally had a trip in in New York uh, with my partner at the time, and we 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 ended up driving up from New York up to Montreal, which is uh, mm. probably equivalency of going from Melbourne to Canberra. It's probably six seven hour drive. Stayed Montreal for three days. Uh, fantastic sort of culture and history and everything there. Then had a chance to then drive over to Toronto, but we stopped off at the capital, which was Ottawa, in the middle uh, or in between for lunch yeah. and had a great lunch there and a little bit of a touristy look around. Yeah. We went to Toronto with the view of going down then to Niagara and Buffalo sort of area there, yeah. which I think is on the uh, New York state side. But we ended up getting into Toronto and go, let's just stay here for the night. Mm. And we did and hung out there and then went down to Niagara and stayed there for a couple of nights and then flew out of Buffalo back to New York. But fantastic mm. place. Um, obviously, oh, small slip of the country, but... Uh, yeah. It was beautiful and people were great. And um, there's just, I think there's a, a rapport between Australians and Canadians based upon um, just person- personality, I think, you know, and, and, and sensibility, you know, are, are quite similar. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, first of all, I'd like to say that I actually went up to Ottawa as well. And we went to a place called London, which uh-huh. was funny enough. Yep. We stayed in a place called Sarnia, which is by the Blue, Blue Watergate Bridge. Mm. All these things are coming back, and we used to pop over to Michigan quite a lot. Uh-huh. I remember that highway was just a, yes. seven lanes or something yes. it was ridiculous. Yeah. Being English and coming to Australia, there's a big akin for people loving um, the um, Canadians here. So in the summer, a lot of Aussies go to Canada yeah. to get cooler. In fact, my neighbour across the road, the Isles, they go every summer. Well, look, you know, the Canadians travel well, you know, and I'm not, mm. it's not a digger that our American listeners obviously as well, but, you know, I mean, America is such a juggernaut of a country, 330 million people, so much to do. But, you know, a lot of the Canadians do like to travel abroad. And I think, you know, I work in sort of marketing and recruitment and for every 10 people from North America, eight would be, you know, Canadian and two would be American. And Australians love to travel. We're an island and we like to travel and hence going to Canada is very popular and we have a a snow season culture down here and a lot of Aussies go over and work at Whistler and all that sort of stuff there as well. And I think, you know, the the majestic nature of Canada in terms of just the sheer beauty of the the land and all the different sort of aspects of it, you know, it's quite appealing to the, the trekking sensibility. So a lot of Aussies do go there. And as I said, you know, when the band In Excess went there, 
Um, they, they, I think even in conversation, in discussions, you know, they were like, wow, this is sort of a bit like Australia, a land of yeah. pretty vast open spaces and plains. It's but- such a, a clean country as well. I yeah. remember it being so clean and livable. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we went over to see if we were going to live there. Mm. Um, it's funny that I've ended up in Australia, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, I thought I'd do something slightly different, B, in terms of just just structuring things here. Uh, I'm going to go through sort of the, the songs that uh, have resonated on Canadian radio over time and stuff like that. But what I thought I would do is uh, work in reverse order. Uh, okay. So I'm going to go from sort of the recent time because, you know, obviously Canada had a probably the, the country that had the most single success for the band, especially in the last, you know, half of their career. So I'm going to sort of work backwards in chronological order from the most recent hits there to uh, the the most past uh, hits there. So uh, okay. bear, bear with me. I think I've emailed or texted you a list there so you can work I with have. I can see your list right here <laughs> yes. from A to S. Yes, that's right. That's right. I was, I was hoping to hit Z, but uh, uh, all <laughs> up, I think there is roughly, I think, 19 sort of bona fide hits that sort of hit the top, hit the charts over there. Now, just to, you know, I guess educate some listeners there, back in the, the dark days or the earlier days of Inexcess's career, the charts over there, I think we're called the RPM charts. Now, some of our listeners might be able to elaborate what that breaks down for. And I think they had a bit of a shift later uh, down the track to uh, another subset of the Billboard charts. But uh, mm-hmm. And I know sometimes they com- I think lately they've combined America and Canada in sales. So some of our listeners might be able to sort of define that a little bit better, but uh, I will be reading off some of the uh, results that the, the band had. So off the Switch album, the uh, last hit they had over there was Devil's Party, which uh, hit 18 in the charts and was probably one of about four singles there. And I think it was in the, the top 30 sort of rock charts there. It, 18's pretty good though, isn't it? Yeah. Afterglow, uh, was, oh. I've got list, list, listed down here as number four and I've got Pretty Vegas at number three that went gold there. Awesome. Um, I've got to, I want to do a bit of a double check on a couple of things there because I had a memory that they were number one, both those songs. Again, it might have been this changeover of streaming through to sort of physical yeah. sales and a couple of things there. Interestingly, before that, B, back in Michael's day, Elegantly Wasted, the song went number one there as a single. Beautiful. I love seeing that. Mm-hmm. Probably, and again, saying this, you know, politely and, and just honestly, at the lowest probably point of Inexcess's career commercially, Mm. They still had a number one single in Canada. And, Fantastic. And that's such a, you know, kudos to the Canadians there for that, yeah. uh, recognising a great song mm-hmm. um, when it didn't chart that high in other charts around the world. Interestingly, before that... Going back to the Full Moon Dirty Hearts stuff there, it's very difficult to find uh, metrics on it, but it feels like that album and the metrics and all the people, you know, yeah. have shredded the documents. So I'm going to uh, say to all our listeners, I will dig further. I'll try to find out chart positions because I'm sure some of those tracks did better than uh, just nothing. I bet Matey could find them. She's probably got some she old magazine have. somewhere she might with have. something. Absolutely. Info. Mm-hmm. But before that, we had uh, Off Welcome to Wherever You Are, the last single off the album that was released there, Beautiful Girl, went number nine. Again, they had different songs released in different areas. In terms of Mm -hmm. chart stuff, Heaven Sent went 39, so not a huge hit, but it was still in the top 40. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before that, off the Live Baby Live album, Shining Star went 26 there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Off the X album here, we had Bitter Tears went 13. Mm -hmm. Uh, And surprisingly, By My Side only hit 54B. Yeah, what's that all about? weird. Yeah. That was weird. Especially when before By My Side, Disappear hit number 1B. Yeah. And That's before odd. Before Disappear, Suicide Blonde hit number one B. That's, yeah. <laughs> so I would have thought by myself would have had a better legacy run for that. Something the two happened number ones. there. Yeah, something yeah. happened. Didn't get um, in the fair play. Before that, going to the Mighty Kick album, we had Mr. Fire, the last single off there, went 41 there. Never Tear Us Apart, number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Sensation, number one B. Cool. Devil Inside, number three. Mm-hmm. Need you tonight, number two. So awesome. matching England, and I think uh, Australia's number three, and then America was number mm-hmm. one. And then go back to listen like Thieves stuff. Again, they're a bit slow on the uptake here in Canada. There, they uh, what you need only went twenty one, and I don't still have any good ch- though. Yeah, there was no chart entries for the other singles there, but what you need was twenty one. Pleasingly, original sin off the swing album hit number twenty, which was uh, much yeah. better than. 58 that hit in America and number one in Australia and France. And the one thing, back in the Shabu days when they were getting that breakthrough in America, hit 30 in America, but hit 31 in Canada. 
still good. Yeah. So for the right, first yeah, yeah. That's right. So I think there was must have been some genuine record company push when they were over there in those early eighties touring and stuff like that. So on calculations, in the top sort of, you know, 40 essential, well, no, maybe you can throw Bomber side out, but there's probably 18 songs that have had really in the top 40 charts sort of there mm-hmm. without some of the uh, other stuff uh, of Full Moon uh, acknowledged. They've had four number one singles there, B, which I think would be higher than any country in the world. Yeah. They've had two number twos, two number threes, and essentially they've had eight top three singles there, which, uh, again, surpasses Australia, surpasses yeah. America, and makes Canada their most successful singles uh, chart album country, I would believe. Well um, done, Canada. Absolutely. So well under Canada. Um, and, look, when you're a band and you've got, you know, and, and this is like, this is 18 songs I've mentioned. I mean, there are so many other songs like Don't Change and Send a Message mm. and songs mm. that probably got regular radio staple over in Canada. And maybe that's a shout out to the listeners in Canada. Are there any other songs not on this list that get played regularly in Canada, get heaps of radio airplay? Because some of these songs may not get radio airplay, like Shining Star mm. may not get played anymore. By side, only 54 might not get played. Uh, something like Mystify, you know, I'm sure still gets played, but it, it'd be interesting to know from our Canadian listeners, uh, what are some of the tracks that we haven't mentioned that charted there that still get played? And as we said, In Excess were always a great uh, singles band, but also a great album tracks band. So mm-hmm. plus there's the legacy songs, songs that were hits in other countries that have permeated the earways, but were never hits at the time, you know. So I'd like to add to that. If there is any um, other Canadian listeners out there, apart from what we mentioned at the beginning, if you can let us know where you listened to In Excess, was it on the radio? Was it through MTV? How did you get to know about In Excess yeah. when you lived in Canada? That yeah. would be interesting to know. Yeah, mm. and back in those days, I mean, radio airplay was everything, but MTV was significant, it was breaking through. Um, you know, touring, as we said earlier. How'd you come across the band? You know, um, yeah. what songs are you still listening to? What songs do the radio still play? Because a song mm. like Don't Change is popular in America, but I hit number 80 there. But I'm sure it gets played in America more than something like, you know, Bitter Tears does. It hit 46. So it'll be interesting, mm. yeah, as I said, yeah, just get some feedback from our very valuable listeners on this uh, podcast. All right, getting into the albums B, we're going to work in reverse again here. We're going to start with the Switch album B that was a really big success there in Canada, um, probably aided and abetted by um, JD, but also the TV show and also I think the strong tracks off the album. So uh, Switch went double platinum there, which is over 100,000 uh, units. And again, you've got to measure this against the population of the country. It's not too much larger than Australia. Maybe it's 40 million people approximately. It could be more yeah. than that, but Australia's only got 25. So getting 100,000 uh, album sales plus uh, at the time. Uh, it was pretty significant. Mm. Uh, elegantly Wasted. Uh, despite the single going number one, the album only hit 14B, but it did go gold, which is 50,000 plus units. Again, Full Moon, you know, it's gone into the ether. It's one of my life missions to figure what out what occurred. What is going on? <laughs> no There's stats. some little black holes over there, yeah. isn't there? Um, the Welcome Wherever You Are album uh, hit top 10, uh, went gold. Again, I'm going through all the studio stuff, but I am going to uh, slightly divest into the live album because it was significant in the catalogue at the time. Uh, Live Baby mm-hmm. Live only went 36 there. Getting to the big guns going back in time, X in 1990 went double platinum. Uh, also hit number one, uh, but over 200,000 units. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kick uh, hit number one, went Diamond B, which is 10 Yay. times platinum. Which is, wow. uh, 100, uh, which is a million sales plus. Wow. Listen Like Thieves hit 24. Uh, the Swing hit 27, and we don't have results on the album for Shabu Shabar, nor were the first two albums in Underneath the Colours and the yeah. debut album. They weren't released there. No. Uh, they probably picked up later on import for fans and mm-hmm. things. But, again, you know, probably over two and a half, three million sales there in Canada, which means that probably one in every 10 homes has probably got an in-excess album there in Canada as well. Cool. It's yeah. good to hear. I'm sure you need the best of now. <laughs> well, look, you know, we've gone through the best count of for us. There are, no, there, I mean, we're talking the real studio and the one major live mm. album we're talking today. Yeah, uh, we thought we would go into the next little section, B, and you had some good anecdotes earlier today when we spoke. Um, uh, great interviews in Canada, um, and YouTube is a wonderful place, uh, even if it's, a lot of it's taped and uploaded and it's a bit scratchy. Uh, it is a time and a place, B, where you can go back and see stuff there. There's a uh, Initially, there's, a, there's one in 1994 where Michael and Kirk 
Uh, it goes for about 12 minutes 45, but it's probably around the time they're promoting the first greatest hits album, which is a good one. But probably the best one, B, and you had a bit of a you, – you probably watched this a bit more than I have. Uh, uh, I think it was the 12th of April, 1997. Uh, they're out there promoting the soon-to-be-released Elegantly Wasted uh, single and the album, and there were certain guests in the audience, B. Uh, do you want to share? Was that the acoustic session? Yeah, it was an acoustic session where they're playing songs and they're being interviewed Great. by a rather naive disc jockey who was a bit – yeah, you know, naive and stupid, but it was like, you know, so you guys get, you know, sick of the negative press sometimes. And if you guys fight, you know, occasionally after 20 <laughs> years, you guys still the same well, new band, original band member. Like, he didn't do much research, but look, you know, the band politely swept some of the Dorothy Dixes down mm-hmm. to uh, the boundary. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. tell us a bit about your experience watching these clips and things or this particular one. Well, it, well, there was a lot, wasn't there, on MTV of all these acoustic sessions and yep. a lot of bands were doing them. But when our boys came on, they did it with so much class. It was so good. John on uh, the bongos yes. as well in the background there. And then, yeah, then you hear the little squeal of a baby <laughs> and it's Tiger yes. sitting on t- on, on uh, Paula's knee. Yeah. And Michael, like, you know, oh, you could just see the pride yeah. um, that his little Paula daughter was doing was her y- Yoko Ono impersonation. <laughs> um, hanging with the band, uh, you know. But, That's um, right. But, yeah. But the band, uh, I think, uh, it was really interesting little set here. And it goes this this YouTube video goes for about thirty minutes. Uh, they play Just a Man, which is a fantastic version. They play everything, and they play Elegantly Wasted. Mm-hmm. But they also played Never Tear Us Apart and Need You Tonight. You're right. The little bongo intro by John on the Need You Tonight was interesting. Is one of my favourites. Yeah. It's really the, the Need You Tonight one. Brilliant. Yeah. Really, really well done. And I hadn't seen this till I went back and did a bit of research, B. So it's not something I was aware of. I only found out and watched a couple of days ago. So uh, again, if you haven't seen this or if you do vaguely remember, go back and watch it. It's very, very illuminating. I also like the some of the questions. Well, not so much the questions, but you know, Michael takes a bit of a lead on answering some stuff. And he, you know, he mentioned, you know, that the album felt really fresh and Really, I think he was very proud of the album, and I think lyrically we all spoken about that before. But also, they talked a little about the liner notes, and they had a lot of fun. I think you know, down in LA, doing all the liner notes and all the the photo stuff there from the same photographers as I think the Pink Floyd "Wish You Were Here" album, because uh, it's got yeah. three similarities there. But mm. yeah, it, it it does open up a little bit of a time and a place, and just wish you could grab Michael off the screen and shake him and say, hang in there, mate, you know? Oh, God, Hayden. Think about that all the time. I also think that Michael and Kirk sort of elaborated the fact that, you know, they got a bit sick of the minor guy being an 80s fan. I'm like, well, listen, we started in 77. We had some of our biggest album in the 90s and X Mm. and, you know, uh, stuff like that. And we had Wembley sold out. So they're trying to sort of emphasize, you know, we're a 70s to 90s band, not just an 80s band, you know. And uh, again, it's lazy journalism when people throw that moniker at them. Yeah. Just, and I think Mike hit it very, very succinctly. So just because you don't sell extra millions and millions and millions of albums doesn't make you any least, less a vital band and a, and a recording uh, mm. entity. And, you know, there's many, many an artist. Uh, I think Vincent Van Gogh didn't sell much while he was alive. He sold a lot when he when he passed away, mm-hmm. didn't he? You know, and mm-hmm. you know, sales don't always equal quality. Um, and I think uh, as we just come, yeah, off- coming back to me and my media wars with that bloody guy earlier, <laughs> <about it. laughs> yeah. So I think a lot of us fans are very proud proud of you know, welcome through to elegantly wasted and and what sort of they were coming up with at that point in their career. Did it transcend the zeitgeist? No, but uh, it was good hearing Michael just particularly proud of this album and, and emphasise yeah. that too. Can't wait to do that album. Now, we often talk about awards, B. Now, NXS sadly didn't win a lot of awards in Canada. Now, Canada have an award, uh, well, like a ceremony called the Junos. Uh, J-U-N-O-S, capital of the country, is called Juno, spelled differently, so I don't know if there's a link there. But uh, uh, the Junos, uh, one of their big awards, and they were nominated in 1989 for International Entertainers of the Year, which is an interesting sort of title. It's probably Best you know, uh, Entertainment Act of the Year, and they didn't win that particular year. I think those awards were, well, I must have their infancy. I think they've been around a little bit, but um, I think they probably won the hearts and the demand of the fans rather than the trophies and stuff like that there. From the Juno's point of view, they were nominated for those, uh, which was the same 
sort of period as the kick era where they won a lot of awards there too. Mm. In terms of just I had to try think today, be about summing up, you know, a little bit about NXS in Canada. Well, you know, they were a recording act there in terms of recording material. They were a live act there. Uh, they were uh, a release act in terms of singles and albums, etc. There, they gave a lot to the media. They uh, supported the country. I think the, the the country supported them. And you know, the word that, or the you know the the notion that per capita, from a loyalty point of view, you know, along with Australia, you know, historically, but I think from that latter part of their career, Canada was sort of almost what I would say the the, the most loyal per capita. Yeah you know, fan base in the world. And it's reflected in the single sales and the solidity of the album sales. And that's got nothing really, I mean, okay, that has got a little bit to do with Jade. JD in yeah. the switch, but yeah. not not irrelevantly wasted. No, well, I mean they've had two number ones off the XL, you know, and they've had you know continu- continual results, you know, yeah. going there forward, you know, top five, top ten hits going forward on subsequent albums. So um, I think you know maybe Canada were late to the party in being the purchasers and the buyers of their material, but uh, definitely uh, I think there's an enduring legacy, and we we sense it through running this podcast and hearing. You know, the great stories, you know, from, you know, Vern and the great stories from Mady when we had her on our Zoom call and uh, and throughout and Leon and Sandrine and Jamie and Heidi and Genevieve of late. I mean, you know, it's we still feel and sense that there's a worthiness to the band in Canada still, you know, an enduring legacy. Yeah. And maybe there's that French link as well. The fact that, you know, Michael, he, he loved to speak French as well. And there's a French influence yep. there. Maybe that's a little bit as well. And the fact that the, the French and the Canadians, which they love, they love deep and they love long. <laughs> <laughs> I think the other thing too, just to wrap it up to, is that um, when NXS toured, which they did, they they, they were rewarded. Uh, live music, I think it's a really powerful sort of, uh, you know, uh, entertainment choice in Canada. You know, it's a tough country in the winter to live in, I'm sure. And when bands come there and, and support, and, and whether it's in summer or winter gigs or whatever, I mean, you know, I think the, the fans appreciate the acts who go there. Not every recording act or artist around the world picks Canada to go to. No. Uh, a lot of them do and tag it onto America, but I think NXS were like, no, it's a great country for us. They've supported us. Yeah. We'll always support them. They, they never, mm-hmm. I think, from my memory, did said, oh, we're not going to do Canada this time. I mean, if they, if there was any time they didn't do a gig or two in Canada, it was probably only through illness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were, I think, uh, I think the, the fans reciprocated in their supporter supportership of the band and I think the band themselves you know earned that too through their efforts thank you Canada we know Tim you know was very uh, appreciative of Canada as well and mentioned mm. off air to us last week and again as I said you know all of the people over there we hope that in excess enriched your listening ears and keep spreading the word because uh we you guys are very close to the Rock Hall of Fame you are just over the border you okay. Are. If uh, we're going to go to Cleveland, Ohio, which is, you know, uh, hop, skip and a jump, it's not too far away. We need a, a Canadian presence helping us get them into the Hall of Fame, B. Yeah. So get in touch because we want to see what you've got for us on the, the charts and your videos and your in excess knowledge. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, B. This is Sheila from Birmingham, Alabama. Hey, this is Susan from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, this is Maite from Montreal, Canada. This is Suzanne from Los Angeles, California. And that's a wrap. Well, be by my side, we come back with that. The hit that wasn't a hit in Canada. Mm, sad that, isn't it? <laughs> I think we'd like to find out a little bit more about that. Mm. Yeah, especially when all those other songs are around it were hits, but uh, that's okay. Just because it wasn't a hit on the charts, maybe it's had longevity since. Because mm-hmm. as we, we have said before, don't change only hit number 80 in America, but uh, it has much more of a legacy than number 80. Yes. All right. Now, fan engagement, B, you, this is a part mm-hmm. where you get a chance to share your interactions and things with very valued uh, contributors on our platforms. Yes, I'd like to say hello to all our new listeners because I can see that we've had lots of new listeners. We've had over 100 new listeners already in March. So hello to you guys. Um, I'd also like to say hi to all the people that I've um, I've met on um, on Twitter and have been retweeting our tweets. There's some guys there, um, Fred, Deanne, Lillian, Ben Light. Ben Light, you inspired me actually to um, add the cassette player to the competition. So Hayden, I showed it to you earlier, didn't I? The cassette recorder that we've got. You did. 
You did? Mm, I did. Yes, so it's, it's a very not, fancy. It's a bit fancy. Yes, some, it's a bit fancy. Yes, some very fancy design work also from our artistic department. Oh, yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, the, 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 the graphics girls. That's um, Laurie and Genevieve. But yes, this cassette player not only will play your cassettes if you win it, but also it'll convert it into an MP3 too. So it's a pretty cool prize. So shall I explain how to win it or can you remember? Well, I think I can remember. Episode Ooh. 93 to 97 for our singles yes. uh, deep dives, mm-hmm. we wanted listeners to remember a certain song that we exited the show with. Is that right? Perfect. Yes. Our playout yes. songs. We want the yes. title and the artist yep. of episode 93, 4, 5, 6, and 7. And email them to yep. us. What's the email, Hayden? You got me on that one. <laughs> okay. So it's in excess, AAA at gmail.com. No problems. Now, what's the cutoff date for that competition be? Because I reckon we're halfway through that at least, aren't we? Yes, we are. We're cutting off on April the 1st. All right, very famous day. Okay. Memorable. <laughs> correct, correct. Now, I believe with episode 100 coming up next week, we are also uh, not so much a competition, but we are doing a sales surprise on fan packs, or as I call them, fun packs, B. <laughs> now, I believe there's four or five different sort of items that uh, we are rewarding listeners who have yet to purchase one. Yes. Newer listeners have only just heard about them. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give a massive slice of the retail price off. Uh, so it is the two-week window to get in and participate in any of these four or five items. Just quickly, what are they, B? What are the, the prices now and what were they? Oh, I can tell you what the prices are. So the, the actual packs um, are in our on our website, which is in excess access all areas. And if you go to shop and then you'll find the vintage collection. Okay, so we have the first one, which is the complete collection box, which is absolutely everything, which is including the vintage fan kit, the art prints, the tour, that's not the tour, but the, yes, the tour backstage signs that go on the doors, which I love those. They're my favorite. And also the last official band photo with Michael. So all of that plus more is in a box. And that has gone down from 250 to $175. And it's only for two weeks only. Okay, I'll continue. The vintage pack, if you just want the vintage pack by itself, that was $150. We're discounting it for two weeks only, $110. Okay, if you want to have the set of eight vintage art prints, they are now not $60, but $40. Yep. My favorite, because I'm quite graphic, is the Vintage X-Tour 90-91 backstage signs now these are fantastic these are good for your man cave or your girly shed whatever you want to have out there so instead of being 40 those are 25 dollars and then something that everybody should have is the uh, last official band photo with michael fantastic piece of um art it's it's actually a lovely big print i can't even remember what the sizes are but it's gone down from 25 to 16 dollars and 50 cents so what i do suggest is get onto the website check these out and get yourselves ready um lots of presents for everybody so I think at the uh, drop of episode 99 to the start of episode 101, a two-week sort of window, people will have a chance to get in and order those, and then they will revert to their normal numbers. So as I said, if you want to probably get that first one, the smorgasbord, it's got everything on it, B, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to break it down to individual stuff, there's a choice there for people. That's right. That's right. Oh, and also we're discounting our T-shirts. So if anybody wants a, a picture of me and Hazen on their chests or breasts or wherever you want them, we have discounted our T-shirts too. So go check those out. Look, justifiably discounted in my opinion, B. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now coming into uh, episode 100, B, I've had a very deep, hard think about what our topic should be next week and uh, I have come up with an idea. Ooh. Uh, look, we are we are putting some invites out there for people to come and say hello and say happy birthday or whatever you would like to call it or happy milestone. But B, we are going to do, because this whole show is about the band, who are the stars, we're going to do an album review, Full Moon Dirty Hearts, next week. Episode 100, we're going to put out a an album review, which uh, hopefully then the subsequent couple of weeks we may get the producer on, maybe Mark Opitz, to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the album as we did with Welcome. But, yeah, I thought why not celebrate uh, uh, Episode 100 with a, uh, a big album review, B, because it's been about 20 weeks since we've done one. 
it has actually, hasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. about time we did one. Okay, this is good. So, yes. um, and also coming off the back of the fact that we've got no facts or figures from Canada about this album. So uh, we better get some extra in there. And also because we haven't heard from Richard Lowenstein. Richard, where are you? Where are you? Come on, SOS Richard. We, uh, we're inviting you for the ninth time. Come on. So, <laughs> uh, uh, so subject to late change, B, if he does reply to my emails and comes on, we, we will switch it to Richard. But yes, I just thought we would get I that in. I am very excited about doing this album but promise me one thing because mm-hmm. I know that a, a lot of listeners keep asking me can we do our pleasure and pain soon well I guess eventually you know uh, probably a bit too much to put on an album review yet, but uh, oh no no I, not yeah. next week but let's yeah. do it soon hey, we could do a little midweek truck one of those people we're in Oh, I reckon. I'd like I'd like somebody to come on and do one with us, though. That'd yeah. be quite fun, wouldn't it? Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Well, this week's all about Canada. We have done a, a deep dive on all things Canada and the band. So we thought it'd be appropriate to go out with probably what is a very poignant song and a very poignant time for the band because it was obviously Michael's sort of last time in Canada and some of the last footage we have of him alive. And as we played a bit earlier, some of the tracks and some of the uh, interview stuff, we thought we would go out today with the uh, stripped back version of Just a Man by Michael and the band. And I must say, through research on this, this is the first sort of, you know period where I've heard this uh, version other than sort of before this episode itself. But, um, yeah, doing my research, it's, a, it's uh, relatively new to me, but obviously you've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's an appropriate song to go out in Canada with, which is Michael's Just a Man. Yeah. That's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Bye-bye. So